Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, January 30th, 5.43 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. March corn futures up three and a quarter at 686 and a quarter. March soybeans up 18 cents at 1527 and a half. March Chicago wheat up five and a quarter at 755 and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat up eight and three quarters at 878. March spring wheat up two and a quarter at 923 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Ratings and reviews are very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit the like button, drop me a comment. All of that stuff helps YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Appreciate it as always. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Had a bunch of great stuff out late last week. Um, on Wednesday, I talked with my friend Pete Meyer from S&P Global, and Pete's group uh, did an acreage survey uh, for the United States, corn, soybean, acreage, breakdown, all that stuff. Uh, we discussed that. And then I was out Thursday, Friday, but Brian, Matt, and Betsy from agmarket.net had some great premium stuff uh, for you guys. They did a technical discussion on Thursday. And then on Friday, a discussion regarding uh, farmer sentiment, uh, general sentiment when it comes to the markets. If you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, uh, tons of great premium content every day. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Large money managers or the funds hold a big net short position in the SRW wheat market. CFTC released its weekly commitment of traders report on Friday, so this data is accurate as of Tuesday, January 24th. On the week, funds were net sellers of 9,000 contracts of SRW wheat. So this net short here of almost 74,000 contracts in SRW wheat is the largest net short since May of 2019. So you got to go back way before the Russia-Ukraine invasion, uh, all of that stuff to find a net short larger than this in the SRW wheat market. Now, you may be seeing a little bit of short covering here. We've seen a little bit of an uptick in the wheat market. Uh, maybe the market's going to start to care a little bit about U.S. weather conditions and crop prospects. We know we've got a big time uh, drought in the Southern Plains in particular. If you look at that HRW wheat chart, the Kansas City, it looks like we broke out maybe above some trend resistance. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a little bit of a short covering deal here. We'll see what happens. Funds still holding on to pretty big net long positions in the row crop markets, 204,000 contracts in corn. Uh, funds were net buyers of um, what was it? It was uh, several thousand, 5,000 contracts of corn, and uh, we're net sellers actually of 20,000 contracts of soybeans. But these net longs in the row crop market, this 204, especially in corn, is, is pretty large, and 148 in soybeans, pretty large, especially. So, kind of a mixed bag here. Fun still long row crops, short wheat, but that wheat short is of particular interest to me, I think. China has dismissed U.S. claims that it is supporting the Russian war effort. A uh, Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson had really some rather harsh words for the United States regarding the situation. The spokesperson said this, China would never add fuel to the fire, still less exploit the crisis. The U.S. is the one who started the Ukraine crisis and is the bigger, biggest factor fueling it. Rather than reflecting on its own acts, the U.S. has been sowing paranoia and pointing fingers at China. We reject 
reject such groundless blackmail and would not sit by and watch the U.S. harm the legitimate rights and interests of Chinese companies. So the U.S. had some uh, criticism and I think has actually uh, confronted China regarding possible involvement and support of Russia in this whole deal. Uh, Bloomberg reporting this morning that Ukrainian soldiers have arrived in the U.K. for tank training. Uh, the U.S., Germany, and Poland will be sending tanks uh, to Ukraine. So I don't know. It appears to me like there's some escalation here. I mean, if, if I had to pick a direction, I'd say, yeah, this thing is escalating. The West is sending tanks. Russia's not happy about it. Uh, now China commenting on it also. Um, I don't know. And to go back to wheat, could that inspire some short covering in itself? Uh, sure, it could. I suppose that's a possibility. Weekend rains in Argentina were actually pretty good. Some areas saw an inch and a half. Some areas saw much more than that uh, over the last three or four days. Now, Argentina, generally speaking, has been drought-stricken, worst drought in 60 years. Uh, the forecast calls for some additional rains this week into next week. This accumulation that's on my screen here, a lot of this expected to begin, say, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe run through Sunday. But then it kind of turns drier after that. I don't know necessarily that Argentina is the reason that the bean market's up uh, this morning in a vacuum. Uh, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's some of this Chinese demand I'm going to talk about here in a second. The forecast looks a little bit better. I mean, we've had rains uh, the last couple of weekends, and we've got some more in the forecast here. Brazilian soybean harvest is moving slowly. One well-followed group estimated that the country's soybean crop was 4.4% harvested through, fr through Friday. They were 11.3 last year. Another group said they were 5.15% harvested versus 11.4 last year. So they're less than half of last year's pace in terms of harvest activity. And I think most of this is because of rain. Uh, rains, of course, have been generally a positive when it comes to crop potential, but they've definitely caused harvest delays in some areas. And Brazil's forecast is still wet. Uh, the vast majority of soybean areas in Brazil are going to see an inch and a half, uh, two inches of rain over the next 10 days or so. I mean, all this dark red stuff on my screen here, these are all uh, big time soybean areas in Brazil, barring the far south, of course, which has been dry and mostly drought stricken. China bought some new crop U.S. soybeans last week. USDA reported a flash sale of 4 million bushels of soybeans to China for delivery during the 23-24 marketing year, which is new crop. China was also the largest buyer of U.S. soybeans for the current marketing year in the week ending January 19th. According to last Thursday's export sales report, China accounted for 82% of a solid weekly total uh, in that week. Uh, China, China is back in business this week. They were off for their Lunar New Year uh, last week. I wouldn't be shocked to see some additional Chinese demand uh, pop up here this week, given the uh, early week rally. Sometimes that's the way that it works. The Fed will announce an interest rate decision on Wednesday following its two-day monthly meeting. Fed officials will meet uh, tomorrow and Wednesday this week, and then the rate decision will be announced at 1 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. The trade generally expects the Fed to hike rates by another quarter point following four consecutive three-quarter point hikes and then a half-point hike in 2022. The effective Fed fund rate is likely to move from uh, four and three-eighths up to four and five-eighths. The market is uh, slightly more torn when it comes to the March meeting. Interest rate markets indicate that uh, there's an 85% chance of another quarter-point hike in March, in March uh, but a 15% chance of no additional rate increase in March. So um, the Fed kind of dialing back the pace of rate increases. Uh, we'll get some more um, insight into their thinking on a Wednesday afternoon. 
The S&P 500 is up 6% year-to-date following a calendar year loss of more than 19% last year. The benchmark U.S. equity index is attempting an early-year rally. You look at this chart on my screen, and we've broken out above this long-standing trend line. Uh, trends, trend lines like this, just like any indicator, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But this is something that a lot of people are watching. Uh, we've got a big week here coming up. So you've got earnings, a whole bunch of earnings, plus the Fed, plus you've got a monthly unemployment report on Friday. Cattle market was higher on Friday. Cash cattle was uh, kind of thin and kind of wide. But uh, on Friday, there was 155 to 156 in the Western Corn Belt. Outside markets, the U.S. dollar is just marginally lower. Uh, the S&P is down 40. The Dow is down 250. Uh, gold is down about 7 bucks. Crude oil is unchanged in the March WTI at 79.68. Have a great week, guys. I will talk to you same time tomorrow.